Welcome to the belated start of today's uh, Ascendo Reliability webinar, and it's a webinar today that's about Ascendo, Ascendo, as I've been um, told from an Italian friend of mine, that that's the word for illuminate, and it's based on the Latin, and it's typically pronounced Ascendo. I did not know, so I'll have to learn how to redo my pronunciation of it. So... Anyway, welcome to today's webinar. I wanted to talk about, you know, a question I got um, not that long ago. Uh, it was about a month or two months ago, I think. And they, the question was, I really enjoy the, the newsletter and the website and stuff. And then the question was, he said, I just got to know why the castles, why the line drawings of, you know, old stone buildings type stuff. Well, I'll get into that a little bit. And at least, you know, and I've heard from more than one person that that they recognize the site based on this kind of artwork. And there's a couple other reasons why I'm doing that. And I was uh, just chatting before we were getting started. And it would be, um, it's one of those things that it kind of evolved for a variety of reasons, but now it's part of the brand, I guess, is one way to do it. And I see your note there, George. Yeah, it happened last time too. And it was like, I don't know what that's about. So I, uh, and, and I've tried, you know, doing practice sessions to see why my setup here, the software I'm using, all other stuff causes a problem at just, just before 9am. And I haven't figured it out yet. So I'm sure there's a reason. I just don't know. Um, I've also gotten questions over the years of, well, what is Ascendo's um, business model. What, how do, what is this thing? What, what is this thing that you guys have created there? And, and, and it usually comes with, you know, I appreciate all the content and all the help you guys provide uh, in the podcasts and the webinars and the articles and all that good stuff. Yet, what, how, how do you make that work? How does that actually happen in business model stuff? And I'll talk a little bit about that uh, as we get into it. And, and another question I've gotten, and this one I, I get probably once a month or so, is you know generally, how's it going? What's, what's working, what's not working? Uh, more and more this year, which has been one of my markers of success, is people are saying, how do I get involved? And a handful of, it was one of the very early um, markers or signals to me that this, this experiment called the Shendo Reliability uh, was going to be successful when people wanted to participate in it. It wasn't a recruiting effort. It wasn't going out and beating the bushes to find people to contribute content and participate and do things like that. But it's really shifted over this last year that people are coming to us to say, hey, I've got an article idea for an article series, or how about this webinar, or how about this uh, podcast series? You should add that to the list. That'd be great. Um, it it's not like we didn't get any of those prior, but this year it was a marked increase in the number of inquiries and people interested in in participating and asking, you know, how's it going and how do I get involved? And so. To me, in about 10 years of, of having this site and this concept in place, 
in various forms, but the, it's been about 10 years that we've had it going, that it's going rather well is one way I would say it. We get setbacks every now and then. Uh, Google's not always our friend. It, uh, they do send a significant amount of traffic to the site. Yet it's every time they change their algorithm, it takes a while for us to recover the traffic that they otherwise were sending to us. But the, that's how it goes. And I hear that from other websites too. Every time Google sneezes, we all lose uh, traffic. But uh, the idea isn't so much the traffic. The idea is, is that it makes a difference. And we'll talk a little bit about how I know that and, and ask some questions for you guys to see what, what works and what doesn't work on the site. All right. So my very first question, and this is for you to jump on the chat window, is have you recommended to somebody to go to the site? Have you mentioned this, this to somebody else? It's that um, marketing is the word of mouth thing. And thank you, Maxim. Yeah, Carl, I know you do every week with the newsletter. Good, good. It's one of those places that I want it to be, or the intention is to have it a place that you can trust and that you feel comfortable recommending it to other people. And not just sending them to the site, but also tell them, tell your colleagues and friends and you know, folks that are interested in these kinds of topics and reliability that they can learn something and they can also ask us questions in the all of the contributors are, are pretty good about responding to comments or questions they receive. Um, some are quicker than others, but we try to make sure that you always get an answer if you have a question. And it's one of those things that the idea is as a collective community of reliability-minded people in various roles and, and positions that we have, that we run into challenges, into questions. And oftentimes we're working alone where we are supporting a design team. Um, we may be the only reliability tagged person in the organization. Some places have bigger teams and stuff like that. Yet, where do you go to ask a question? You know, if we're not in the university system, if we're not in a local chapter meetings type situation, which many of us don't have access to, um, that this site is a place for that to happen. So appreciate all the support. And I know this question is probably a, you know, a little bit biased because you're attending a, a webinar about uh, uh, this site. So I appreciate your support. And, and even though I don't always know about it, um, it's the, the idea is the, that it seems to be working, that the site continues to grow. We continue to get quite really nice and good questions and we get a lot of support that way. And I obviously don't know about all the times that you guys have recommended somebody, which is great. It should just work that way. And let's see, Carl's got, it helps us to be more conscious in our work and more engaged in doing things right. Yeah, if a little bit of knowledge goes a long way, and I also believe that having a backstop, somebody you can bounce an idea off or a question off of and, and you know, get, not be blocked uh, by not knowing something or not looking at it a different way or just being sure of yourself. And I think we can 
as a community, we can all support each other in those realms from all the people that contribute to the site, to all the people that um, participate in the different events and, and the people that, uh, you know, comment and uh, consume the articles and go out and do a better job. In my mind, we all win. If we can all make better products and make things that just work, you know, then, then we all benefit from that as, as an end user of all these different systems and services we have available um, to less going to the landfill that, and everything in between. So thanks for the uh, recommending Ascendo and uh, please continue and, and help other people find the site and the benefits that comes with it. So to the artwork, this, this question that sparked my thought to do this one. The newsletter uses castles. And what I found is on Wikimedia, um, it's a Wikipedia ver uh, slice of a site that has imagery. And a lot of imagery uh, is, you know, copyright free. It's the Creative Commons free use, whatever they call it. And it's free. And uh, what I found uh, years and years ago was a, it's a French architectural book where somebody went all over the place to all these cathedrals and castles and things like that and did hand drawings of features and aspects and details of all of these, these old stone buildings. And so the idea of doing that um, goes back to my own consulting business is that I, when I first tried to come up with an artwork for my own consulting website, when I was putting up FMS reliability, I didn't want to put a, a jet aircraft on there because then it would be, well, I'm a military consultant. Or if I put a, a medical device on there, well, then I'm isolated to that. If I put a wind turbine on there, then I'm only in the energy sector. If I put an oil and gas structure, I'm, I, you know, or an automobile or cell phone or whatever it was, as soon as I put imagery of an industry or a sector of the, of our economy, um, what I found was, is when I was talking to folks about what they look for and how do they know if you're on the right fit, he says, well, if you're a military focused one and we're making cell phones, you, you won't know how to talk to us. Well, you and I, all, we all know that that's not true, right? Yet it gives a perception that that's my focus is just medical devices, for example. And in, in my career, there's been times when I've been working with a bunch of different medical devices. And another span of time, I was working a whole lot with solar industry and wind industry. Another period of time, it was all medical devices. Another period of time was oil and gas. And I've had different stints in the automotive industry, um, high tech industry. Um, matter of fact, going to talk to a client this afternoon, um, making some pretty serious uh, uh, systems, electronic systems, pretty heavy duty, not one that you would buy at the grocery store kind of thing, but the very high end stuff. And it looks pretty interesting. But the idea is, is that if I pick an image that is sturdy, it's strong, it stands the test of time, like a castle, not the ones that are in ruins, but the 
you know, uh, these hand carvings, the craftsmanship that went into some of these old structures in the masonry type stuff. While I'm in its old type stuff, it's not home building today or office, you know, the glass and steel buildings of today. So I'm, it doesn't seem to trigger people to think I'm only a consultant or the site is only for people that deal with masonry work and stone cutting type work and fancy uh, cathedral type structures and stuff like that. That doesn't seem to trigger that context that uh, it's only that industry, uh, which would be a pretty narrow sector uh, and pretty specialized, I imagine. Yet the idea is, is that these things are, you know, the, uh, the, a bad analogy is that they're the pillars and the sturdiness of them and their resilience, the aging and their timeliness type stuff is really what we're about in reliability. We want what we work on to last a long time. Now, it didn't hurt at all that it was free and no copyright issues with it and so on like that. And they were interesting. You didn't see these kinds of images of castle plans and line drawings of all these features on other sites. You know, uh, I don't really remember what kind of artwork Goliathsoft has on Weibull.com and so on. It's usually a page full of formulas is what I mostly remember, which is great. They got right to the content and, and it's that's useful in and of itself. And they had some artistic type stuff or some of their artwork for their products and different logo designs and things like that. But each industry, each business, each website should have a look so that when you see it in social media or you get to this, uh, 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 doing a search and an image comes up, it reminds you that it's part of the, of the site that you were looking for, I hope. And like I mentioned a few minutes ago is that when somebody sees one of these little line drawings of some feature on a on an old stone building that they go oh well that's Zendo I I know what that is and and I can I, I'm happy to go there. And let's see, maybe we, and and Carl brings up another point. Maybe we can use this as a tool to improve engagement of millennials. Well, you know. Well, it's online. If that's where they are, then this is online. I don't know that I had any more or less interest to be engaged when I was young. Um, but millennials aren't that young anymore. They're, they're getting into mainstream uh, 30s and 40s, if I remember right. But the idea is, is that if the knowledge and information and the sharing and the support is there, I don't know anybody that's going to turn that down. I don't really want to, I'm not, part of the audience is not the people that say, oh, I'll do it myself, I'll invent it myself. Well, they're not being very efficient. They're not being very smart about their career. And I, I can't reach them, so I'm not gonna worry about it. But for the folks that actually go, hey, you know, how do I do this block diagram thing? Well, there's a lot of information on, on the site and through webinars and other places that can really help you get up to speed really fast. and. So, so part of it, um, yeah, and I don't know how to reach all these different audiences and all the different tools and techniques we have, but we'll see what we can do. 
And Dan's mentioning that he likes the artwork. He says, I like them because it's reminiscent of the old manual drafting. It's mechanical drawing and it's artistic. Reliability is also a science and an art. Oh, I never thought of that. I'll have to use that, Dan. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, these were obviously the imagery, the one that's on the screen now is from a French architectural detail book. It was, and it was on uh, a version of Wikipedia for, that has imagery. And once I ran into that, it had thousands of images. And so it was a combination of being from the 1850s. So there's no copyright issues. It was all digital already up on this Wikipedia uh, site. Um, and they were interesting. They were similar. They were all done by, I think, the same person, the same team, same style. There's thousands of images, though. And they were, and it was not conventional in blog posts type things or posting on, online to have an image that had really nothing to do with the topic. So this image here with the uh, 15 and, and whatever those A things are and the little cool looking art, uh, stone carving really has nothing to do with block diagramming. Um, yet it stands as a, a part of the brand. And so it, it also made it easy to find an image that related to all of these particular topics we talk about without having to spend half your day looking for just the right image. And so, and so, yeah, and I do think reliability is part science, part art, and there's no doubt about it. And, and I agree, Carl, lots of things are in that realm. So anyway, that's, that's why we're using these kinds of drawings for a range of different reasons. But I found over the time is that it's become, we're kind of locked into it unless we do a complete refresh of the site's look and feel. One other comment on this is I really didn't want to have a site full of smiling, happy people from, you know, from some uh, clip art type place or, or, you know, all, it just, it didn't ring true um, that we would always be, you know, smart, happy, smiling people around a computer or in a meeting. And, and I like, yeah, that may be what we do and how our day-to-day -day work goes and all those kinds of things. Yeah, that gets pretty old when I run into a site that has nothing but really nonsensical pictures of people uh, really just smiling for the camera. And like, eh, nah, besides it takes a lot of work to get all that imagery in it and it's not copyright free for the good ones. So I was like, Luckily, years ago, I ran into these this style of artwork, and and so they kind of a long answer to that one question, but that's the background for it and the history of it. Now, the site itself, and I know I've told this story once or twice before in various places, is that there were a handful of us, uh, and it was three or four consultants sitting at, at Rams, and we were catching up and talking shop and doing all this other stuff. And one of those kinds of conversations is what started the uh, podcast, the Speaking of Reliability. And based on a comment of, well, how can we keep this conversation going when we're not at the conference? And so that started the podcast where it's friends talking with friends and talking shop most of the time. But one of the, those meetings was 
kind of how do we get our websites? And we four of us each had a, a, a small website that we were putting out there and hoping it would attract some attention and, and, and help our business and stuff like that. But we found that it was very hard to be found through a search and search engines were beginning to become dominant and of how people did stuff online. They went to a search engine, still do by and large. And I was posting one article a week and a couple other people were doing that. And we said, we thought about it for a bit and says, you know, one way to get more attention in the search engine world is to have more content. And we're all like, we're not going to write something every day. We barely have time to do one a week. Well, what if we put them all on one site and we get four articles a week instead of just one per week? And, and you have your own picture and your own byline and information about you, but we share our voices to help us be more visible. And thought about it for a little bit. We tried it and yeah, we ended up with way more interest and way more feedback and way more comments. And to be honest, it was, we ended up being more visible to our potential clients. And so that part worked really well. Now that process is called um, uh, content marketing. You share what you know, and that good karma then comes back to you as going, oh, I know, like, and trust this person, so I'll do business with them. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Um, so we kind of started with it's a, a way for us to be seen outside of going to a conference or and to be useful to who we were hoping would be our potential clients. So that's how we started. Now, what we also did with the site is, and you'll know if you've been to, on the site, that there's very little, if any, advertising. It's, so it's, we're not supported. The business model is not based on selling ad space on the site and with banner ads and flashing things and, and paid you know, articles that are obviously you know just a, an article about how great their product is and you should go buy it. It's just a long form ad those kinds of things. So we're not a trade magazine. We're not based on advertising and it's not a professional society. The content is free. The site is free, right? If you want to buy a book or you want to buy a course, those are available to you, but it's not in your face. That's not the sole purpose of the site. It's not even its primary purpose. And we don't charge dues. You know, you don't have to, you know, spend a hundred dollars or $500 a year uh, to get access to this stuff. And so we're not a professional society. And, and one of the things that bothered me about both approaches is they only did what was in their own interest. And when I go to a, a site for software for reliability, they advertise their own software. Most companies advertise or promote their product only. But just the other day, we watched here at the house, we watched The Miracle on 34th Street. And one of the scenes in there is this Santa Claus at Macy's, which is ironic because I think Macy's is about to be bought out by somebody. Um, it has an uncertain future, but the Santa Claus at Macy's at their flagship store in New York City was saying, you know, Macy's doesn't have that, but the store across the street does. You should go over there. You know, and it was recommending other places. 
And there was a hullabaloo about it and everything else. And they kind of doubled down on it saying, well, nobody else is doing that. We care so much that we're going to uh, help other people by getting them what they want, even if we don't offer it. And so they kind of made a name for that. It's very similar to that idea is that besides having many voices providing articles and later doing webinars and later uh, doing podcasts, is that we, the idea is, is that if you can't find what you're looking for, let us know. We'll probably find somebody or, or, or you know, know that information and get it to you. But the site, besides recommending it initially just four different people or having four different people involved, we have over 60 now that have contributed in one form or another. I think we're getting close to 70 people the last tally that have shared their knowledge in one form or another. Plus, we list all kinds of different people's books. We list different people's webinars. We, we I think every month we send out a, well, I know every month we send out a, an email to the people on the webinar list. And we look through 20 to 30 different sites to find webinars that may be of interest to add to that. So instead of you having to sign up for, to 20 or 30 different even a dozen different uh, webinar uh, producers to see what's coming up. We'll do that searching for you and let you know what's coming up in the next month as best we can. We have no qualms of promoting other people's work because there's no way this site, with as, even with as many people we've got involved with it, can provide all ideas and all knowledge and all concepts and present it all in a meaningful way. We're working on it, but we're not, there's no way we can cover all that. So if Reliasoft's got a great course coming up or Hobbs Engineering's got a great webinar coming up or, you know, somebody else has got a great uh, conference or whatever, we'll promote it. We'll let you know about it. We'll let folks go. So unlike trade magazines or professional societies, it's based on many voices and sharing the wide array of choices that you have for professional development. Let's see. Yeah, so it's, I, I'm just looking at the comments here and I think I, I touched on all those. All right. So what has happened over, I don't know how much time it's been that I recognize this is that the idea is that if we have good, useful content, practical, useful content, that's not just, a, that's not an ad directly, that it's, this is what a block diagram is, and these are the ways you can construct it, and here's how you can use it, you know, something practical, useful for you, and a place for you to go and say, all right, I can get up to speed on this, I can get some new ideas on this. And you have a place you can ask somebody a question, you leave a comment or send them a, a, a direct message. Now, if we have good content and people come to the site and actually view it and use it and do and come back to the site and, and recommend other people go to the site, it attracts more people to the site. And so for, for the folks that are contributing is they get an audience. They get more people to know, like, and trust them. And they then um, what that has done, especially in this last year, is it's been recognized that if you want to be visible in our community, a great way to do that is be an active contributor on Ascenda. 
and then we get more people to contribute. And so this that cycle of finding content and providing good information that attracts people willing and wanting to come to the site becomes a virtuous cycle. It reinforces itself. And so the idea is it's part the, what's the, I don't know what remember, think, I'm trying to think of the right word, altruism of you can share what you know and it's okay. I, I was at a conference when this young, this engineer, and she walked up and asked me a question about accelerated life testing. So I pull out a piece of paper and I said, well, here's one way to approach that. And here's a good reference, you know, get Wayne Nelson's book, do this and stuff like that. And then she left. So thank you. That's great. And then I get a call from her a couple of weeks later saying, hey, we want to uh, hire you as a consultant to help us get all the details right on, on this test. And I didn't remember the earlier conversation. And it turned out we were sitting at lunch and I asked her, so why did you give me a call to do consulting? I, you know, I, I don't remember that we even met. And she was, oh, we did meet. And I asked you a question, which I asked a dozen different consultants. And you're the only one that actually tried to answer the question. And I was like, hmm. She so said, everybody else was like, well, how much money do you have in, in various forms? And I said, well, I've always found that if you actually try to help other people, um, and if it's just a five minute question and I can answer the question in five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever, or a quick phone call, then you're off and running. You can make a difference in the world. That's great. Do that. And it's not worth the billing cycle and everything else to sort all that out if it's really a five minute conversation. You know, so I was like, no, I just answer the question. And what I've found is that if I answer a hundred of those kinds of questions, 10 of those people come back and want even more information. And, and, and then one of those becomes a major client that is a repeat person that comes back. So there's something in it for me, obviously. But the benefit of the site is that for the folks that are regular contributors and stay involved with the site and, and have great content on the site, they continue to be found and to, to one, provide great content, but two, is that it's good for their, uh, what's the right word, image in the industry. They have a, 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 a Google resume basically with all their content on the site. So lots of stuff going on with the site and, and the artwork is just a piece of it uh, to make it kind of non-denominational, I guess, and sector specific. But the real heart of the site is that it's created this virtuous circle where if we have good stuff, people visit. If people visit, people get to know the con contributors, get to be part of the community, uh, can ask questions and comments and participate and on and on. And so it's it's been working rather well in that regard. And it was really not by design right from the start, but as it's, the site has evolved, it really has become clear that it's set up so that it's not pay to play. It's, you know, when you do a good job, you get paid. <laughs> it's kind of the, the, the way it seems to work. Right. So, 
in your view of the site, and I suspect this is also probably a softball question, but if you found something useful and what would that have been? Let me take a look at the comments here. I think a couple of them got by me here. Pictures worth a thousand words. Yeah, it, 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 finding the right image, Carl, is the tricky part. And then, so I found that these line drawings just made that whole process easier, plus had the, the added sided benefit of being attached to the brand, basically. Let's see, from goals to distribution, there are nine major components that play a vital role in creating winning content strategy. Smart goals, marketing research, yeah, my market research is I don't want to be a trade magazine and I don't want to create a professional society. I had enough of both of those. Um, you know, editorial calendar is on your list there. I've tried that a few times. I find that if I am writing to what people are commenting on or asking questions about, uh, it's really hard to plan that out in advance. Now, the webinars I do try to plan out because it does take a little bit of thought to make them useful. Um, in yeah, in all the way through from smart goals to analytics and everything in there, we do bits and pieces of all that stuff, but certainly not in any super formal way. Cause it's really just, you know, I'm kind of managing it, this loosely loose band of contributors. And my wife helps with the, some of the newsletters and some of the social media stuff. Um, Reliability discussion or reference later on. Let's see, webinar series specifically has been helpful. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Max. Uh, we're trying. Um, yeah, and, and I'm working on the um, archives part. I'm putting, you know, related content right now, but my intention is to go a bit deeper on that. And where's the good books? Where's the good references? Where's the other good sites? that kind of stuff. So that if you go into like block diagrams, it'll give you a full picture of that. And Carl did something like that with FMEAs. That's kind of the starting model that we're using um, to have a one-stop shop, one page basically that gives you where to get started, where to hone your skills, where to find more information, all of that kind of good stuff. Good, good. All right, business model. And I mentioned this earlier, so I'll and talked about it a little bit, but the basic idea is if we provide good, useful, practical information, then somebody will say, mm, that's the way they approach it. That's the way they think about this problem. That's the way they use this tool. And that's how they can, you know, and to a large extent, I've had people say, you know, I follow the, one of the most popular articles on the site is eight steps to create a a X bar and S chart. And if that helps somebody set up a control chart and actually get some useful out of it, it was well worth writing it. And yet it still gets close to a thousand views a month. It's amazing to me. It's the article written years ago. It's very basic. It's very fundamental. Yet I still get calls and emails about, hey, could you help us with our control system? control charting system, or we got this issue that we don't know how to interpret, or is this appropriate way to use it? They could ask literally thousands of other people for support, yet they've seen that article and they made, 
use of it, or they saw that I write about this topic or whatever it is. But that the idea is in content marketing is if you help other people, they will get to know you. And if it's good content, it makes a difference for them. And you can support it by answering their questions. They like you, right? And eventually they trust you. And when it comes to the consulting business, people tend to work with you if they trust you. If they don't trust you, they're not going to hire you. And so from straight promotional type effort and work, it's not been bad for my business at all. But the idea is, is that I, I could charge you for how to do control charting. You could also buy a $10 book someplace or find something on Wikipedia that'll cover vast majority of it. But I would rather set up a system so that if you can answer the question with, with a short article or a basic how-to thing, that's great because it's not really a consulting engagement there at all. But if I can help you improve what you do so that you are more uh, valuable at work, that's all. That's good for reliability and quality engineering in general, is that we can actually help the organization make a difference and add value as we do it. That's just good for the industry. And yeah, some people contact me for consulting, but it's not the primary purpose now. I've been slowly backing away from consulting and, and moving more and more into just doing the content part and not worrying about the business side of it. Um, the site with course, course sales and stuff like that is, is covering all the costs of running the site. It's not a great salary, but it's the value is in how much value you all create and the difference it's making in the industry. And the idea is, uh, I think I talked about earlier, is there were four of us that started it. And we're close to 70 contributors now in one form or another. Not everybody's active all the time. Uh, and some have dropped off and some have only written one article or one piece of content and moved off. But there's other people that the uh, thought leaders They've added hundreds of pieces of content, whether articles or podcasts or, or a combination or webinars. There's some people that just are steadfast, regular contributors. And we've expanded a bit into mostly reliability, but it overlaps, as you know, with all these other disciplines. And so even if three or four of us all talked about black diagrams, we all bring a different view to it, a different look to it, a different way of approaching the problem or the, the topic or the issue. And that gives you many choices of which style, which approach, which contributors you like to engage with. Would you like to ask more questions of? Would you like to get to know better? Um, but that's the idea is it's not, we're not just the contributors. We don't just promote ourselves. We also say, oh, you know, Reliasoft's got a great article on that, or this site's got another one. And some of you, and Carl, you've sent many references and links that we've said, oh, that's useful. Let's put that in the mix. The idea is, is that there's a lot of great knowledge out there. And we're trying to bring you what we can bring you and, 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 and what's useful. But if, if Wayne Nelson's got the, the book on accelerated testing, we're going to recommend it. We don't get anything out of that unless you use our affiliate link with Amazon, which then we get like 30 cents or something. But the idea is, is that you should know about it if it's out there and it's useful. So the, 
basic way that we make money costs us about, I don't know, five to $6,000 a year to maintain the site. And it pays for the hosting and for all the, the traffic of all the videos and all the other good stuff that goes on with the site. And just from sales of books, those Amazon uh, referral links and the courses, some of which we offer straight from the from Ascendo, we produce and, and, and host right on the site. And some are affiliate links that uh, they're up on Udemy or some other platform, but we get a referral if somebody goes and buys that course. And then occasionally we get consulting. And if I don't take it, I'll hand it off to somebody else or if, and I don't know how many others. And anecdotally, I know a few people have picked up business because of their association with uh, Ascendo. And so the site itself makes enough money to cover its bills and a little bit extra. Um, the referral parts, that gets into the hundreds of thousands of dollars a year easily. And so the, for the people that are, are, are want to be in the consulting business, it's a great place to get started. For those getting started, it's a great place to get start, you know, be visible. Um, Yet, as you know, it's not in your face. I'm going to give you this brief article only if you hire me. That's We don't do that. And I really discourage people from doing that because I find that it just doesn't work that well. And so the business model seems to be if we try to give away everything we know, we do okay. So I'm not too worried about it as being a conflict of interest. Um, if somebody thinks that you are knowledgeable in an area and that's an area that they want to get up to speed on well they tend to call us so it's that's not a bad thing at all and vast majority of people on the site thousands per day they're not looking for a consultant they're looking to learn something to to check something to verify that they got this you know right or not right or so on which is all great all right I think this is my last question for y'all. How'd you learn about Ascendo? You know, do you remember where you first ran across this and how, how you know, who we are and all that kind of stuff? Let's see what my next topic is. Oh, some metrics, which I promised in the uh, abstract. So I'll do that. Yeah, does anybody remember how you first ran into us? Look at that. I used the wrong same image twice. Google search. <laughs> yeah, I figured it's probably going to be a search of some sort. And Google's the dominant one for most of us. Um, and, and that is exactly why we started, you know, putting the four of us putting our blogs together on one site so that we had con more content per week so that we would be a bit more visible. Um, that's how we started. That's why I it it got going. It's evolved a lot since then, but that was the idea. Yeah, Sean, I know you've been around for a desperate Google search for help. Yeah, <laughs> get that. Oh, son, yeah, the no MTVF site. And I, I finally moved the articles over to Sendo and I need to clean them up and get them promoted. But that was... It continues to be a fun project of 
and advocating to not use MTBF. And it, it's got a following. There's no doubt about it. It's been fun. And that was just out of pure frustration of somebody asked me, so how do I convince my vendors not to send me this useless metric? And I'm like, so let's think about that. And then it evolved from there. Oh, good, good. We're chat, check we're in a webinar. And he mentioned you said, well, I will, I owe Chet a thanks then. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's, there's many ways we can get found. Uh, right now it's about 80% of the traffic to the site is through Google. And I even talk to people that know the site and know how to get to it. Um, but they'll search for something through the search engine because to be fair is the search engine built into WordPress isn't all that, uh, all that good. So if you put in ascendoreliability.com uh, with site colon, and then the URL, the ascendoreliability.com and then space the topic you're interested in, the Google search does a way better job of finding things on the site than the on-site search. So anyway, here's some of our metrics. Um, a lot of these are considered vanity numbers and stuff like that, but this is where we're at as of uh, Sunday when I put this together. The graph is showing from, uh, it was August and 15 that I started tracking the metrics and I was pulling them off and putting them in a spreadsheet because I ran in earlier that, that Google every now and then updates their analytics programs and then they basically you don't get access to the old stuff anymore. So, and they did that in, in 2022 with a major update to it. And again, they switched their whole platform so that I didn't have the history anymore on their site. It's their site, they do what they want. So I learned early on, pull off the stuff I'm interested in and put it in a spreadsheet. And so I've been doing that since uh, the, in 2015. Now the site, I think went live in, initially in 2013. So we're at about 10 years, give or take a couple of months of the site being around. And so the orange line is page views. So if somebody visits the site, which is a blue line, they typically go to more than one page. And it's you, two or three pages is kind of the norm or the, the mean median, I should say. Um, some people spend hours on the site and go through lots of materials. Others go through lots of pages. Um, some find exactly what they're looking for, read that piece of content or listen to that podcast, and then they're gone. They move on, which is fine. You don't have to spend all day on the site. We'd, we'd like that, but it's not required. And, and it's cyclic. It depends on the season of the year and, and what's going on in the industry and how busy people are and so on. It varies. Now, the blue dip that in the last couple of months, last half of this year, uh, the far right of the curve is primarily because of a major Google change of their search engine. And it's happened before a couple of times and it's also part cyclic. But what I noticed is that the page views is maintained. Yet it's Google saying that we have less uh, visitors. Part of that is what they count as a visitor and what they count as a page view and, and their engagement analytics and so on. And there's not an exact match from what was previously recorded. 
And so I'm a little concerned about it, but it's, you know, keep going with good content. We've got thousands of members on the site that you logged in and get to the webinar recordings and a variety of other things that you can get to. Uh, lots of subscribers. The weekly newsletter that we send out, and Carl, thanks for all your promoting it and lots of the others that do this. And the idea is, is between LinkedIn and our direct email, and there's a bit of overlap, I'm sure, uh, it goes out to almost 9,000 people a week. And we're coming up really close to going over 3 million downloads of our podcast. Um, and that's speaking of reliability, dare to know, um, the Ascendo web webinars, a podcast, and um, Rooted in Reliability with James Kovacevic, the four podcasts that are hosted on the site. And those other podcasts that we also are hosted other places that we promote, but we don't get metrics for them. But I think within the next week or two, we're going to go over 3 million downloads uh, for our, our articles or for our podcasts, which is amazing to me. Um, the idea of the metric I, I mentioned one earlier is that one measure of success is that people want to be contributors to the site and that's happening. Um, and I hope that continues. And I think we've kind of turned a, a corner on that where the site is recognized enough that people do want to participate in it for all kinds of reasons. And it's great. The metric that I'd really like is, well, how much of a difference has it made? So if you attended one of Chris Jackson's webinars and learned just something really useful for you about say Weibull analysis, did that make a difference? Did that change an analysis that provided insight to, that changed the decision? Um, if you read uh, articles by Carl on uh, FMEA, did it improve your ability to facilitate FMEAs or actually get them done so that they're useful and valuable to you? And then how valuable? We're not actively tracking or measuring that. I don't, I really don't know how we would. Now, anecdotally, people have told me that it's made a big difference in both in their career and in their organization and for their customers. So I have to think that the value is being added all along. It's kind of the nature of the site. We're, we're not entertaining all the time, that's for sure. I, I think reading about control charts, while it can be entertaining, is not probably why you're going to it. But the idea is, is that the site exists so that you can make a difference. And I'd really love to hear the success stories or the frustrations so we can improve what we're doing. But the metric that really, really matters is what difference does it make in your career, in your industry, in your business? Um, I'd like to think that the no MTBF site over time is, is eroded the common use of, of such metrics. There's still a long way to go. I still hear about it all the time, but I do hear success stories every now and then. So that's encouraging. Let's see, Gregory's saying, I've, I've been away for a while, always knew that the site was headed for bigger things. Yeah, and we hope it continues to grow and make a difference for folks, because I think that's where it really is the most rewarding, is that when somebody says, hey, I learned this at your site, and it really makes a difference. That's, that's really cool. Right. Now, a little bit about stuff we've been doing recently is a bunch of stuff has been 
cleaning up the site and the menu for things that uh, we tried and we just didn't find that we either knew how to do it or to maintain it or keep it going. We tried a mastermind series of introducing people together. And I've heard that one or two of those groups actually continued for a while, but we didn't have the, the somebody to spearhead it to make it really work and do the training and everything else to make it work. So we've cleaned up a bunch of things that are that we tried and it, it, it didn't really pan out very well. And we're not afraid to try stuff. Um, it's, it's a way we learn what works and what doesn't work. Um, we've been doing the newsletter over on LinkedIn um, and that's grown in its uh, subscription uh, very fast. And so that's been great. And we get a lot of comments and feedback through that process. And, and some of you I know are, are helping to share that. Carl, I, you're pretty regular uh, at doing that. Appreciate it. Um, I'm almost done with the recorded webinars, the Sendo webinars. And it's at uh, sendoverliability.com slash go slash webinars, which is very creative. Huh? And it's in a learning management system. So you can track which ones you've seen, or you could use that method to see which ones you would like to see. Uh, market is completed, or you can, uh, there's organized by topic rather than just reverse chronological order. And so hopefully it's a bit easier to find what you're looking for and it's not too cumbersome to, to view and so on. Plus it has an, a, the ability, it's been requested a whole bunch of times, is that if I watch a webinar on here, can I get a certificate suitable for um, recertification points for ASQ or CEU units? It, apparently some uh, professional societies recognize, you know, if you watch a, an hour webinar, it's worth an hour of professional development and they, um, you have to have some documentation to show that that happened. And so we set up a system where you can download and print your own certificate with your name and date and all other happy stuff on it. So uh, hopefully that's working as it should. Um, mentioned new people coming onto the site and wanting to be part of it. And Carl and I published a book this year. And I think at one point we, we were working with you, the, the audience at Ascendo, um, to get feedback on the draft chapters. And we had over 500 comments that we went through one by one and some were spelling what's given my track record is not unbelievable. Um, and some was structural. Some of it was, you know, what about this piece? Well, this doesn't make sense. And so it spanned the, the gamut of types of editing, but it was very, very useful. And it helped us to really create a document that we hope is very, very useful to those that have picked it up. And so, it was a part of a demonstration of the power of this community. So for example, if you've got a book in the works and you'd like to get some feedback and so on, let's talk. We can use that same model we used for the book that Carl and I did so that you can get feedback and input and start building some interest in the work that you're doing. So that's kinds of stuff that's been going on over the last year or so. Future plans. Um, we're really working on trying to make the, I think we've got 7,000 pieces of content between articles and podcast episodes and webinars and a handful of other topics to make it easier to find what you're looking for. And part of that is, is tagging 
the articles and the content in a coherent way. And I'm learning way more about lexicons and setting up, you know, library systems and stuff like that and trying to figure out a coherent way so it's not overwhelming, one, so that we can actually implement it, and two, is that it's useful for you. And so part of it is going back and cleaning up old articles and creating cross-links and articles so there's nothing that's lost in the, in the mix of stuff. And if you really want to know something about block diagrams and there's a separate article only on series systems, that there's a link that goes to it. You don't have to do another search to get to it. Things like that we're trying to clean up. But one of the biggest projects I think coming up in the next couple of years, and hopefully be starting here in a few months, in a month or so, is there's a lot of techniques or methods or topics uh, that are touched on all over the site. For example, block diagrams. Well, based on what Carl did with the FMEA reference page, where he says, you know, here's the, if you're just new to FMEAs, or if you're brand new to block diagrams, here's what it is. Here's the basic technique of doing it. Here's the step-by-step -step process and example. Here's articles that talk about all those things. But if you want to use it, well, how do I use this in a more advanced way? Or how do I facilitate an FMEA? Well, here's that group of articles and stuff. So it's kind of like a, a guided tour of the content uh, from flat out, I don't know anything about it to you know, how do I really master this? How do I get the most out of it? And that'll include webinars and podcasts and handouts and all kinds of good stuff and, and hopefully create a structured way to learn about a particular topic or method or procedure or technique. And then what we want to do with that is then create free uh, short courses on it and or tutorials on that. And so it really depends on how good our content sorting is and how much we really have on a particular topic. But the idea is, is that if you want to know, you want to get up to speed on block diagrams, well, here's a curated list to go through of articles and webinars and stuff, but here's a short course that's actually you know, send you an email once a day or, or it'll have a, you know, a, a learning management system behind it so you can track your own progress and so on and get credit for going through that tutorial. So that's coming. It's going to be a lot of work. Um, but uh, I'm finding it be very, very useful as it makes the site all that much more useful. So my last question, it wasn't my last question previously, is what can we do for you? What would you like to have happen on the site such that it's a value to you. And so I'll let you type in something like that. Let me catch up with some of the comments here. So Carl's talking about the importance of product reliability. When they fail, to, when they fail the results can be catastrophic. Yep, depending on the product and everything from does that very catastrophic to very annoying, costly lawsuits, all that kind of good stuff. More often, repeated failure leads to annoyance, inconvenience, and lasting customer dissatisfaction that can play havoc with responsible companies' marketing position. Yeah, it, it plays a role. And so I had just the other day, somebody was saying, what do you include in your field data analysis? Do you account when a customer calls and the product hasn't failed, but they don't know how to use it? Well, your user's manual or your user interface has failed. That's a failure, it costs you money. 
So count, you should count that also, but the, it's not just a hard failure. And they were starting with ignoring everything except real hard confirmed failures. And like, well, you're missing a lot there. Mac Somillion saying, you don't know what you don't know. That is why I'm coming back again and again. Concept ideas, all of it comes up. Much of it is I didn't know about when I started out, it's the exposure to others are doing and thinking about, yep. It's the, I think it's the power of the community that we all have a lot of experience in different areas and different things. And the folks that are sharing it are giving you the, the many voices view of what we can and can't do and what's useful and what's not useful. And so, yeah, that's right on mark for what we're trying to do with the site. And Gregory says, I originally joined ASQ for certification opportunities. ASQ has never invested in marketing to potential employers. The future of ASQ is anything seems quite unclear at the present. Yeah, there's a whole story there. I, I agree. Um, it, and it was part of that model. It had a place in the local chapter meetings and things like that and conferences. It had its day. I think that's fading with the onset of so much online content. And they never really wanted to embrace that. And they're getting started, but they're not. I actually had to pull teeth and just defy, you know, basically direct orders when I was with the reliability division at ASQ to start a LinkedIn page. And six months later, they're all up, all these other chapters and groups are saying, how did you do that? How, how can we do that too? And it's like, well, six months ago, you told me I can't do it. Yeah, I have to use only the ASQ type stuff. So I, I kind of knew they were doomed at that point. Also, why I didn't want to create a professional society. It's the Max is talking. How do you feel about starting a forum of sorts where the community can help answer each other's questions? You know, I am open to that idea. It's, I mean, it could be like this webinar format um, where it's just QA and it. I, I'm willing to give it a try. Um, it might take, you know, six months or so to, so hopefully we can get a good traction on it. Um, we can, and I, we've got all the tools that can make it happen. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, one of the hard parts I find is that because of, I mean, we can ask questions about like how to do a block diagram Yet, as soon as we talk about our particular product in any detail, then the lawyers want us to have and the management wants to have non-disclosure agreements. And you never know if your competitor is also on the line and all those kinds of issues, unfortunately, get in the way. But we have similar discussions at conferences all the time and at different meetings and stuff. So I, I know it's feasible. It'll be a matter of, of scheduling and how do we get the word out and, and how do we build that audience? Um, so maybe we can talk about some ways to structure that Maximilian and see what we can come up with, get it on the calendar. All right. Yeah. Sorry about going a little bit late today. Um, and second time in a row, somebody noticed that the, my screen failed right as about to start. So I don't know what that's about. I have to, dig into that some more but anyway thanks so much for attending today and thanks for all of the comments and, and suggestions and ideas um probably added to my to-do list a little more than i 
expected, but that's okay. That's why we're here. Let's see. So thanks. Thanks for attending. Have a great rest of your day. All that good stuff. Let's see. I got one other comment in particular, the CRE. ASQ Auto took over the uh, symposium, uh, Guangben Yang uh, Reliability Symposium. That's cool. Um, but has de-emphasized reliability and hasn't scheduled its next meeting. Oh, that's a bummer. I'm sorry to hear that. That was a good thing. I know the reliability division is doing an RMMR conference that seems to be getting some traction. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, I, in general, I'm seeing in-person conferences declining and having struggling to get the support that they once did like 20 years ago in their heyday. Um, part of that is things like Ascendo and Reliasoft's uh, Weibull.com site, things like that. There's plenty of online sources for us. Um, there is a benefit. And I think Max's idea of doing a forum, a discussion forum, um, might be a way to fill one of those gaps that we get at a meeting or a face-to-face -face thing. We're getting better with Zoom. Um, so we can probably make something like that work. All right. Well, I'll stay in the line if there's any more thoughts and questions. I know many of you got to get on with the rest of your day. So thanks once again for attending. And if you're listening to the recording, if you've got a question or a comment, you'd like to chime in to me, send it on over. I'm at FMS at Ascendo.com. Thank <laughs> you.